We thank God for the simple gifts of music and for our choir. Thank you so much. Let's begin with a moment of prayer. Oh God, help us to hear your word and to know your voice this day. Amen. Well, I'm not exactly proud of the story that I'm about to share with you because it doesn't place me in a very good light. And yet sharing this story is really gonna help move our conversation forward today. So here goes. I was sitting at a coffee shop years ago in Chicago. I lived in the Windy City for several years and I loved it. There's something about the big city. You get used to the noise, for one. The sound of the L train as it moves through downtown, the incessant honking of the cab drivers, the buses with their (laughs) as they lower themselves down to let an elderly passenger climb aboard. And after a while, all that just sort of fades into the background. Like most major cities, that was not planned. Like most major cities, Chicago has a housing problem. It's been that way for a long time. I remember sitting at the counter of the coffee shop, facing out of a big window, looking at the mass of people walking down Broadway Street in Lakeview, and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed one of the many people experiencing houselessness, leaning against a building covered in a blanket with a cup for change sitting next to them. And I watched as dozens of people walked past them, barely noticing them or maybe moving out of the way to keep their distance. One after another just kept moving, passing by. Maybe someone would toss a coin in the cup. Otherwise, they were completely ignored. And of course, I wasn't moving to help them, to talk to them, to give them a cup of coffee. And that's maybe a little bit why I'm embarrassed to tell this story. I'm a pastor. But as I was watching, a young woman approached the stranger. She sat down next to him and gave him some money and a cup of coffee. And she was very much unlike the person she was sitting with. She was well-dressed, possessing resources the other did not have. And it seemed as if none of that mattered to her at all. Everyone passed by, but she stayed. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. 
Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. I often wonder about the woman's motivation for stopping to help. Did she know that person? Was she simply trying to help someone in a challenging situation? Or maybe, and this is where I try to justify why I stayed in the coffee shop and didn't help, maybe she was trying to get something out of it, to feel good about herself. And, you know, who doesn't want to do something for another person so that we feel good, right? I think there's a part of that. You know, we like feeling liked, and maybe there's a part of me that likes hearing that I've done well for those in need. I mean, is there even such a thing as a selfless good deed? Let's look today at the TV show Friends again, and we'll see how Phoebe Buffay and Joey Tribbiani wrestle with these questions. Babes, I just, you know, I just wanted to do a good deed like, like you did with the babies. This isn't a good deed. You just want to get on TV. This is totally selfish. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about you having those babies for your brother? Talk about selfish. What, what are you talking about? Uh, well, yeah, it was a really nice thing and all, but it made you feel really good, right? Yeah, so? Well, it made you feel good, so that makes it selfish. Look, there's no unselfish good deeds, sorry. Yes, there are. There are totally good deeds that are selfless. Well, may I ask for one example? Yeah, it's, you know, there's... No, you may not. That's because all people are selfish. Are you calling me selfish? Are you calling you people? <laughs> yeah, well, sorry to burst that bubble, Phoebes, but selfless good deeds don't exist, okay? I'm gonna find a selfless good deed. I'm gonna beat you, you evil genius. Yes, Telethon. Hey, Joey. I just uh, wanted to let you know that I found a selfless good deed. I went down to the park and I let a bee sting me. What? What good is that going to do anybody? Well, it helps the bee look tough in front of his bee friends. <laughs> the bee is happy and I am definitely not. Now, you know, the bee probably died after he stung you. <laughs> Damn it. PBS Telethon. Hi, Joey. Hey, Phoebes. I would like to make a pledge. I would like to donate $200. $200? 
You sure, Phoebs? I mean, after what Sesame Street did to you? Oh, I'm still mad at them. But I also know that they bring happiness to you know, so by supporting them, I'm doing a good thing, but I'm not happy about it. So, they're a selfless good deed. Right, and you don't feel a little good about donating the money? No, it sucks. I was saving up to buy a hamster. A hamster? What, those things are like 10 bucks. Yeah, not the one I had my eye on. It looks like we have surpassed last year's pledge total. Thank you, viewers. And the pledge that did it was taken by one of our volunteers. Oh, boy. And may I say, one of our sharpest dressed volunteers, <laughs> Mr. Joseph Triviani. I sometimes find myself wrestling with these questions too. What's my motivation for doing what I do? Where's the point when my doing something for another person is truly selfless? Not because I want something from them or want them to like me, but because I am simply offering a real act of kindness. It's a big question. So let's think about this this morning. Let's get real quiet within ourselves so we can figure this out together. I feel an answer coming. An answer with God's fingerprints all over it. God says, Michael, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why we help when it really comes down to it. It doesn't matter our motivation. What matters is that we act. What matters is that we get up, we stand up, we help somebody. What matters is that we do the thing, we take the action, we make a difference in the life of another human being. In our gospel reading today, this is exactly what the Good Samaritan does for the man on the Jericho Road. Now, remember, the Jericho Road is not a place most respectable people would find themselves. The Jericho Road is a place of danger, a place of violence. It's even called the Way of Blood because of all the thieving and killing that was done there by robbers. We have places like these in our own cities and towns. Places we go to great lengths to avoid. And these aren't just real places, but sometimes even metaphorical ones too. Places inside ourselves where we have been wronged. Places where we have been hurt. And so we're not going to go to those places again. But it's in these places where human beings dwell. Where our friends dwell. It's in these places where human beings desperately need a helping hand. It's in these places that Jesus introduces us to a Samaritan, a common scapegoat in scripture and an unlikely hero for our hurting friend in the Gospel of Luke. At times I stop and think about this Samaritan, about their motivation, about the reasons why they would have stopped to help. And then it dawns on me. Maybe they didn't have a reason. 
Maybe they didn't have a need to look good or be on the right side of history or feel the desire to post about it on Facebook afterward. Maybe they just saw some hurting human being and decided to make a difference. Life is hard sometimes. Okay, life is hard a lot of the time, and there are Jericho roads all over the place. And there are people in our lives who are hurting. There are divisions where things seem so divided and we're so hurt and tired and angry. So why should we be the ones to help? Why should we be the ones to cross the road to sit with a suffering stranger? Why? Why not? We live in a hurting world. We live in a world where people need people. People need friends. And whether we're strangers or fast friends or lifelong friends, there's going to be a time when someone needs us. And it's in that moment when we have a choice. Will we act? Will we make a move? Or will we wait for someone else to do it? Will you pray with me? God, you are a God of second chances, of unending chances. You are a God of grace and a God of mercy. We look around us, God, and we see hurting people, and yes, we're hurting too. Help us to break down our walls of separation, our desires to be right, to be good, to be needed and break open our hearts so that we can swallow our pride, that we might forgive and forget, do whatever we need to do so that we can help those who need help. Help us to be a friend to this world, a world that needs you so much, and help us to see that it's through us that you are present, through us that you are made real in this world. We are your disciples, God. Help us to live like your disciples, for your sake and for the sake of all. Amen.